0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Game Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Łukasz Stiga, and this show is about 3D graphics programming, low-level video game development, where we demystify game engines, rendering pipelines, physics, linear algebra, and all sorts of other obscure parts of game engineering. Sit back and enjoy the show. Up until now I was talking about the tools and techniques that allow rendering 3D objects on your screen. You should know by now how 3D model data is being transformed on the CPU, uploaded onto the GPU and then processed through the rendering pipeline. The process of determining proper colors on the 3D object is called shading. It might be a bit counterintuitive because it doesn't really have anything to do with shadows. On top of that, there is lighting. It is tightly connected to the shading process. After all, without light, there are no colors, or are they? Today, I will do a high-level overview of different shading techniques. I will cover methods that aim for realistic and not realistic effects. They will include the terms like Phong or reflection model. Physically based rendering, ray tracing and others. Let's start from the top. You can draw the line between different techniques based on whether they strive to provide realistic effects or not. Let's start with those unrealistic. You might have played Zelda games like Breath of the Wild or Persona games. They aim for comic or anime look. They use versions of rendering techniques called toon shading or cell shading. These methods limit the color used to render a character or an object. Imagine a real-life sword. There's a multitude of grayish and silverish hues in it. Now imagine that you limit those colors to only two. First one, the lighter one, would be on the surface that is directly in the light. The other one, the darker one, would be used for the surface not getting any direct light. If you were to do this for all of the objects and characters in the scene, you would end up with a Zelda-like or comic-like looking game. Other non-realistic techniques may include sketch or line rendering, where you refuse to color surfaces besides the edges. This results in scenes looking like they're hand drawn, or you might want to apply a pixelating effect that will box the rendered pixels into larger squares giving a pixelated look for the scene that is made of 3D objects, like in a game called a short hike. As you might imagine, there are lots of techniques that can be used in this category and each of them can be tweaked and modified to achieve slightly different looks. Now let's look at the attempts to create realistic 3D visuals. Here I'll make three distinctions. First will be the techniques from the ancient times, like 20 years ago or so. Then, physically based rendering. And lastly, ray tracing. So, how was it in the old days? You did not have hardware capable of doing sophisticated distributed vector math as nowadays. Early shading models were trying to mimic the realism by faking it. One of the popular approaches, called Phong Reflection Model, was adding three separate light sources to achieve surprisingly convincing effect. In this model, the main lighting component is called diffuse lighting. In real life, when you shine light on some object based on the object's surface, it reflects light in other directions. You may think of the diffuse light like a main light component, the major source of the color of a surface. On top of that, there is a specular light. This is the component that imitates the reflective properties of an object. If you look at something under a high angle between you and sun, you will see a reflection of a sun on the rims of an object, usually white shiny parts. To reach more realistic effects, this light is added on top of the diffuse light. If you were to stop at those two lights, surfaces that are not in the direct line of any light would be completely dark. In reality, the light bounces off the objects and makes everything lighter, even if it's a back side of your desk facing away from the window. To mitigate this darkness, the third and last component is added, ambient light. It artificially lightens up all of the scene just a little bit. When you combine all three lights, you have quite convincing renders. Remember. This process is absolutely artificial. It has nothing to do with how lighting works in real life. The mere fact that 3D models rendered in this way resemble anything from our real world is mind-blowing. So this was Phong Reflection Model. Next in line is PBR, Physically Based Rendering. As the name suggests, it aims to replicate some of the physical properties of lighting but only in certain aspects. When discussing Fong Reflection model, I've mentioned that light is scattered in all directions after it hits the surface. PBR focuses on this part and attempts to make it more realistic. As you might know, light is a form of energy. When light hits the surface, some of that energy is being reflected in the form of light. Other part of that energy stays within the object and turns into heat. What determines how much of the light will be reflected and how much will be absorbed is mainly due to the surface at the micro level. PBR is a reflection model based on these two principles, energy conservation and microsurface models. And on top of that, there is some math involved. From game developer perspective, when using PBR Metallic Workflow, Your models will need a metallic map, which is a grayscale map which indicates which pieces are metallic and which are non-metallic. Metals are mirror-like reflective materials which will influence the rendering. Altogether PBR is capable of rendering convincing images with reflective mirror-like surfaces like all those floors in Hogwarts in Hogwarts Legacy. What else would you need? Let's move to the third technique in the realistic shading category, ray tracing. So far, all of the methods I've been mentioning relied on the rendering pipeline components discussed in this series. The rendering process from 3D scene, vertex shader, rasterization, fragment shader, and so on. Ray tracing throws all of that out of the window. There is no vertex shader nor fragment shader used in ray tracing. It attempts to mimic how people see in the real world. The color of an object is a visual sensation in our brain. Light shines from variety of light sources, most obvious one being the sun. Those light rays are bouncing off every surface. Every now and then, some of them reach our eyes. Based on the wavelength of the light you perceive a given color. Ray tracing is a technique attempting to mimic this behavior. However, it is not computationally feasible to cast rays from all light sources in every direction. Thankfully, it's not really needed either. After all, you only care about the rays that will reach the eyes of the player, which is the camera. That's why people thought of a dirty little hack to go about this. Instead of casting rays from the light source, you can cast rays from the camera. If they reach the light source, you do the color computation and determine the color of the pixel based on the light source color and the surfaces it bounced off of. You might have seen how Blender looks like when rendering an image. Not in the modeling view, mind you, but in the actual render tab. It starts from black image. And with time, more and more pixels are changing from black into a color. The speed of filling in the black holes decreases over time. This process is very compute intensive. The more light bounces you allow for, the slower it will be. However, the resulting image will be of better quality. One of the advantages of ray tracing, besides sheer higher quality, is the light reflected from the nearby surfaces. Traditional rendering pipeline approaches do not model light shining from the objects onto others unless you make it emissive. However, in reality, every object is emissive, some of them less than others. But still, they emit some of the light back. If you take bright red plastic brick on a sunny day nearby white wall, you'll see a red color on the wall. The light hitting the red brick will be reflected onto the wall, making it a little bit red. That would be it for the ray tracing. Now, you have a fair base of shading concepts. How can you apply this knowledge in the real world? As of 2023, you cannot rely solely on ray tracing in your game, unless you want to heavily limit your player base from the get-go. This means that good friends, vertex and fragment shader are here to stay for the time being. If you're after a realistic look, you should be relying on PBR Metallic workflow. On the internet, there are plenty of materials with their physical properties predefined, helping you kickstart the process if you, for example, want to feature a brick or iron surfaces. And if you're after 2D, comic or hand-drawn style, you will need to dive deep into fragment shaders because all of those techniques rely on wacky algorithms that need to be done on per-pixel basis. In Fragment Shader you operate on a 2D image, so all tricks from image processing like edge detection apply. And that's it! I really wish someone explained this to me when I was starting out. It is easy to drown in all of these concepts and miss the greater picture and how they apply to each other. Next time, I'll delve more into the specifics of Fong Reflection Model to talk a little bit more in depth about how the light and color is computed. For now, thank you so much for your time and attention. I am Łukasz Ściga and this was another episode of the Game Engineering Podcast. See you in the next one.